Hello there and welcome back to the MedTime Stories podcast. My name is Ashvin Sharma. And I'm Tom Thorne. And today we're talking about patients, including our first patient we spoke to, funny stories about patients, and at the end some tips about speaking to patients. And as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, we'd be grateful if you could leave a rating. And um, if you know friends or family, anyone who'd be interested in the podcast, uh, we'd appreciate it if you could um, share this with them as well. So, um, and also apologies as well if we sound a bit different to usual, because uh, we're not feeling the best in the past week. Honestly, it's like a new pandemic has started in the house. Yeah. We've all suddenly come down with being ill in, <laughs> over the weekend. There we go. We're going to be coughing probably throughout a lot of the uh, a lot of the pod, but we, we thought we have to get one out. We're for avid... troopers. Yeah. <laughs> for the continue. avid listeners, we've got to yeah. get one out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, we've all come down and we're all really, really ill. Um, but it's not it's not COVID. Don't worry. No, no PCR negative. Don't worry. Yeah, we've all we've all been tested, but um, no, it's just it just feels rotten. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like... It all started on Wednesday, didn't it? Um... Why did it start on Wednesday, Ashwin? Well, I mean, it started... well, why did it start on Wednesday? Go on, enlighten me. No, no. So I'll just say, so it started on Wednesday. So obviously, as we mentioned before, we had the the hop, the night out. Then after that, on the Thursday, I woke up and I was just aching, like just aching all over. Um, and I, I think just, that's pretty standard though for being on a night out. Do you not think that when you go on a when you go on a night out because you've been standing up like the whole day, yeah. then you ate quite a lot the next morning. No, I just thought it was because like I was playing cricket and I was just like smashing everyone around for like fours and sixes. So Shut I just up. I just thought that you know that's why I'm aching so Shut much. Um, but after that, I was just like my throat started to hurt. It started to get pains in my chest. Um, yeah, started to feel quite bad. It sounds like you're having a heart attack. But yeah, I'm a bit young for that. <laughs> Plays cricket once. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, no. So we're we're back in our usual little podcast haunt, the little lair uh, in one corner of our living room. As per, still not furnished. Still need to sort no, that out. We'll have a little banner on the wall soon, I reckon, just with our faces blown up, so they're all about like three foot across each. Yeah. Yeah. Like some like weird dictator photo, and we're just like there. Up so you can look at it all the time, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit narcissistic, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have, um, we've both been ill, as has our other housemate, who will remain anonymous for now. Um, and yeah, we, we had a big night out. It's good, it's good. It's nice to see everyone. It's big medics night out. Everyone in fancy dress as well. Yeah, all the oldies go in fancy dress and the, the, the freshers come along and they've all got white t-shirts on. And they, yeah, it's just a, it's a nice welcoming them to like med school and stuff. But I reckon the biggest story that we've got for this week, I haven't made a note of it, mate, is me getting ID'd for getting drink and you not getting ID'd yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, that, the, honestly the highlight, the highlight of my week. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, usually I, <coughs> oh dear, oh dear, I, I get ID'd for stuff like Monster and I think technically they're, suppo- like, they're supposed to. Because you're about five foot tall, mate. Oh, sharp. Um, so I mean, we went to get some like paracetamol and like Lemsip and stuff, and um, so I was buying it. And she was like, "Oh, can you put on your mask for me?" So I put it down, and she was like, "Yeah, you're okay, you're okay." And then you had the same. She was like, "Can you put on your mask?" And she looked at you, and she was like, "Can I see your ID, please?" <laughs> I'm about a foot taller than you, and like honestly, she just looked at me. I'm like, "You be serious?" Like she was like, "Yeah, yeah, can I see your ID?" Then please? you pulled out the classic. You're like, oh, I'm a medical student. I'm a medical student. No, I didn't say it like that. I did not say it like that. I went, I went. Ah, oh, isn't it ironic? In a year's time, we'll be able to prescribe this, and I'm still getting ID'd for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of is. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, hell, yeah. It was uh, it was not my finest moment. I don't really get ID'd for that. Much That's the first anymore. time I've not been ID'd for anything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly. I think it's about fifty percent of the time. I think it's a big confidence thing. Like, if you walk in there and you, um, you know, you got a swagger, you just wander along. Like, if you're just buying like beer or like vodka or something, they're yeah. gonna ID you. Yeah. But if you're buying it like, with a shop, like yeah. sometimes I'm just buying it with a load of other things, and I won't get ID'd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I always get ID'd, but this time I can't believe you get ID'd. You know what, you get think... Buying things up for sixteen-year-olds like monster though—that's just a bit. <laughs> no, no, you have much. to. You have to. Because I worked in like in Asda over the mm. summer, and like if you don't, and like there's a mystery shopper and stuff, you mm. can get into a lot of trouble for like not ID. Oh, the mystery shopper where they get the police. They police pay them to go in, don't they? Yeah, like, buy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get, yeah. yeah. So they kind of have to. But what if they're actually eighteen? Or the mystery shopper's not actually eighteen. Well, they'll, they'll. I think they'll pick people like who sort of on, they look. Younger. Yeah, but if you don't ID them and they're 18, it's still fine, isn't it? You've not broken the law, have you? No, I know. But I think it's the Challenge 25 thing, isn't it? 
Is there anything on it? It makes it sound like like a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Is, uh... But yeah, the weirdest thing because I remember I used to work in Amsterdam as well. I mean, I, I did used to ID. I remember IDing someone who was about thirty-two once because I thought they looked twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, I have that. As well. Yeah, yeah. You just get you do freak out about yeah. it. So I, I won't go on about it. But I remember working there, and you have to ID people for non-alcoholic beer, which is just the maddest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. How does that work? No, I've, I've literally had to and then, and take then, it away uh, from someone. Yeah. Just like, but, but, but how does that work? Yeah, I don't. I've literally no idea. Wait, were they, how old were they? Were they under 18? Or did they just no, not no, have no, ID? No, no, they were like, no, they were like, like 20 ish. Like, and they didn't have ID? They didn't have ID. Um, and so it comes not, up. You didn't call the checkup person down and go, like, this is stupid. Like, it's got no alcohol. No, 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 no. I was just like, still got I was on a self checkout. I was wearing a headset. I'm, I'm not going to call like my manager over just for this. So I was just like, if you don't have ID, like, you can't get it. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's so odd, isn't it? Some of those rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not much happened this week. We've been mainly stuck inside. Uh, haven't been our standard gym rat selves. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's bul- bulking season, as I, I say. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm so huge. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, none, we've not been up to much. So it's uh, it's been a pretty dry week, we'll be honest. So what we wanted to focus on at this um this episode was about patience and like patient experiences that we've had with patients. Obviously, kind of maintaining confidentiality. Um, we are not going to kind of say where we were exactly yeah. or kind of patient names or anything because we can't. And it's a really important thing that if you're kind of discussing these things, you can't you can't release any of that information. But it's after actually a comment that we had, and it kind of inspired me to go, let's do this as a, as an episode because I brought it up to Ashwin going let's do this, let's talk about patient yeah. experiences because we had someone listening to podcasts and they said that their interest in medicine was was not scientific to, was not scientific as much and it was more seeing that medicine is kind of almost a performing art, you're having to interact with patients and um, that they're kind of going if you if you end up being too book focused, this is how you get people with no communication skills and you don't want people who are kind of total science heads. To, literally to quote their words yeah. um, and people that um, people that can chat kind of are a good like a good performer yeah. and that if you learn like a like a script it's almost like you're improv like, it's like improv because if you think about it you're learning a, a broad script but you have to improvise it here and there and well, I think it's quite an interesting way fair, of looking at like interacting with patients inter- and like thinking of medicine as a whole it kind of it, it, it made me think of it in a, in a new perspective like I've heard that before but I've not had it so kind of thought out like that I've, I've actually never heard that before but it does, it does make a lot of sense to me because yeah. if you've got a script for something like let's say your patient's got a, a presenting complaint yeah your sort of line of questioning is going to be the same relatively for each patient do you know what I mean obviously you tailor it individually to mm-hmm. them but let's say they've got chest pain you're going to ask questions related to chest pain yeah and that can be your script um yeah I, I, I think it's a it's an interesting one um I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've kind of thought about it briefly like that, but I've never spent enough time thinking about it. And I thought that's why it'd be good to do an episode on like, experiences we've had with patients yeah. because it, it opened my eyes and thought, yeah, you actually do when you're when you're talking to patients. Yeah. It is kind of, and in certain ways, it's kind of you have to sometimes you have to provide that bit of disconnect. Almost like you kind of you don't want to. Obviously, you've got to empathise with the patient and stuff, but you don't want to kind of become part of their life. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because if, yeah. you, if you're so disconnected, then like yeah. maybe a patient will give you as much information, but you don't want to act like you're their friend. And yeah. they might feel like, you know, you owe them something or something. I mean, what we, what, I think what, the important point to bring up is we're not saying that doctors are acting or anything. No. It's just like, when you have to, when you learn about talking to patients, you learn about taking a history, and a history comprises of loads of things, like presenting complaint, which is what the patient comes in with, and then past medical history, past surgical history, all of these things. And you can look at it a bit like a script, and then if you're thinking of it like a script, and you're tailoring it, it is like, it's an improvisation thing. It's like a, a drama kind of improv exercise. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see how those interactions play out, and how small differences when where you interact with the patient, like in when you're... Um, doing improv or something when you're back at school doing yeah, like drama yeah. or whatever how it changes the dynamic massively and yeah. I think I think that's a yeah there are definitely analogies that can be drawn there it's quite interesting and also because we've had direct contact with patients from first year haven't we so we've yeah. had about like three or four years now of speaking to patients directly in a variety of settings primary care hospitals so we have got a lot of experience with speaking to them and it changes over time doesn't it so I mean I can see that perspective yeah, I think you. I don't think you definitely become better at talking to patients. I wouldn't even say better. I think it's that you become. 
I think that when you go in to talking to patients to start with, you're so worried about telling the patient the wrong thing or something. That's what I remember I was really worried about. I remember in first year. Do you remember speaking to your first patient? I think I do. I think so. I remember, yeah, because we, we, we have... We have GP, GP in first year, yeah. And yeah, in first year, I'm trying to think. Do you remember yours? I remember it because the Go GP on. was just like the GP didn't tell us. Like I, I didn't know we were speaking to patients. Yeah, um, I kind of didn't either, and, so and that's what just, I'm trying to like rack yeah. my brain thinking. So I remember yeah. the GP saying, "Oh, guys, just to let you know that um, patients are coming in the afternoon." And we're just like, "Well, what real patient is coming to speak to us?" And I was just like, "Oh my god, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say?" So then the GP told us like what questions to ask, and I was just writing it down on my pad, writing it down on my pad. So I remember in the first time I spoke to a patient, I was literally just reading off my pad and be like, well, have I asked this? Have I asked this? Have I asked this? Yeah, and I think that that kind of rigidity is something that that is what you're kind of working off. Yeah. Because you could get the perfect history as a first year if you had all of the questions there. Yeah. But you're not, you're not directing the questions. You know what I mean? You just ask everything like a blanket approach. Yeah. So imagine that like it's like a minesweeper and one of the mines is heart attack and you're, that's the diagnosis. Whereas if you start when you're a first year, what you do is you just throw everything at that to try and to try and find it. Whereas the older you get, and even the doctors have told me this when they become like foundation year doctors and then registrars and then consultants, is that you work out there are certain questions you kind of don't need to ask, yeah. and that you end up getting a gist of what's going on. The patient, there's always this phrase: the patient is telling you what's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's your it's 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 in your uh, hands. Oh, and to often work think it common out. things are common. Yeah, that as well. yeah. Um, but I think the patient telling you what's wrong thing is when you're in like first, second year, you're like, well, they're not. They're telling me like who they're treated by, but it's your like they know, they know what symptoms they had. If yeah. you can get the symptoms out of them, you can work out what's wrong with them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I remember. In, I do think I remember in first year, and then you get really overwhelmed with because you take what to ask. Yeah, what to ask, and then the one thing I remember is. If patients are on a lot of different drugs, you're trying there to like frantically write down all the drug names. And you're like, you have no idea how to spell them. Yeah. So you go back and you like pronounce them out to your like your tutor, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have no idea what you're on about either. It's like a game of uh, Chinese whispers. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <You're like>, what? <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I remember when a patient starts speaking, I was just like, when when can I interrupt them? When can I interrupt them? Because you ask them one question, they end up speaking. You're one of these ages. little science heads, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the first time I spoke to a patient, I spoke yeah. to him for like forty-five minutes, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I haven't asked him. Like, I haven't asked him enough." Um, whereas yeah. when you get to like fourth year, or whatever, you need to take history within like five, five, seven minutes. And I think it's that comfort of like being around patients that definitely comes because I remember how like how nervous I was. I was I was often nervous because patients would go, "What do you think's wrong with me?" or "What should I take?" And you're really worried, being like, "Oh, I can't give advice. You can't here. say anything." Yeah. Yeah, and. It's more like you just got to know how to approach that question when you're not a, a doctor because you shouldn't really be giving kind of advice without the doctor there in the room yeah. because it, it, it's wrong. You're not qualified medical professional, but um, it's kind of you're like, God, God, what do I say? What do I say? And it's just a matter of kind of going, uh, I'm not entirely sure. We'll have a chat with the doctor, bring the doctor in, and then we'll kind of decide on it. And often the doctor will, in front of you, go, in front of the patient with all three of you in, which is a good thing about older years, you'll see the patient on your own in maybe GP, and then the doctor will go, well, what do you think's wrong? Yeah. And ask you yeah. as if you're a doctor. Yeah, it's I really, really nice to have that kind of responsibility. Have you been in for your GP placement yet? Or? Uh, yeah, I have. You yeah, have, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's exactly what I loved about the GP last year, in fourth year. And in third, I remember doing oh, it in third year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Third year, or at least in pairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in fourth year, you have about six, pa- well, I had about four to six patients every week. Uh, well, every time I went to my GP placement, they come in, you take the history, if necessary, you do an examination as well. Then after that, you bring the GP in, you discuss your findings, and then from then, like you discuss the diagnosis, the management plan, etc. Which it, you get good practice on. And I think it's really, it's really, really powerful being given that responsibility. And I remember, because I thought, the jump from seeing a patient for the first time, when I was, I was just going to be talking to them, these patients are coming when you're in first year, have already been diagnosed, they're already on good treatment. Yeah, yeah. They're literally brought in to be interviewed. And that felt like a huge jump for me. But I think when I started seeing patients on my own, it didn't feel like such a big jump. Because yeah. I think you're like worked into it. Do you know what I mean? You're almost like... I think I can do this by now. Yeah. But it's that first patient you see because you've gone from just doing A levels yeah. and you've gone like, to learn how to pass a UK cat and like how to pass like all these exams and stuff. But you've never, and you're always like, oh, I want to be a medic and stuff. But you, 
you never actually appreciated like there's people on the end of that. I think yeah. a lot of the time, or I mean, you, you probably have appreciated there's people on the end there, but it's like it's the first time that you're given the responsibility yeah. to kind of to see patients. Really. Yeah, and I think what has changed really is is like when I was in first year and second year, I'd go oh like presenting complaint like past medical history like like medication history and you just go through a, like a system don't you yeah whereas i think when you get to like third year, you actually respond to what the patient's talking to you about and it's more and of a conversation exactly and if they jump around it's not really an issue because you can come back to the point and you're building rapport yeah, yeah. and i think if you go wait sorry can we talk about that later can we talk about this yeah. and it's like you need to that's just why i think it's like improv isn't it you've got to you've got to move away from having that uh, that kind of script as such I don't know I think it's the I, what I find the 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 most kind of strange thing though is when it's going do you have any other medical conditions and then you list them off yeah and then they're like oh, do you have, a heart, have you had a heart attack and they're like oh yeah yeah actually I have yeah and it's um, people people normalise their conditions yeah, I think a lot that's the thing that's the thing yeah, yeah. I think that people learn to live with their conditions every day. And it shows like how good medicine can be if they're living with a condition every day. Yeah. That if they're living with that and they completely forget they've had it, yeah. then you go... Well, I think because if you say, oh, I used to say, are oh, you fit and well? And they'd be like, yeah, all good, all healthy for the past like 15, 20 years. And then you look at their records. They're like, on like statins for yeah. high, high cholesterol. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Things like That's that. That's a classic. Yeah. That always happens. And now I specifically <laughs> sort of try and narrow Do you it have down. high cholesterol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, these are things that you learn. Do you know what I mean? There's like, you've always got to ask about these certain things. Because like, you don't want to miss it. I mean, I know I said about you don't want to have a blanket approach. But there's certain things like we call them red flags that you want to ask. So kind of like... Do you have high cholesterol? Imagine if it's like chest pain. Do you have high cholesterol? Because uh, the pain being like sudden onset. Do you have pain when you're at rest? Yeah. Those kind of things that like worry you and like how much do you smoke kind of things. So they're the things that start to get, start to worry you that might be a heart attack rather than something more like musculoskeletal, like your rib cage being in a bit of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, when, you're, when you're thinking about patients that you've seen, yeah. Are there any particular patients that really stick in your mind? For any particular reason or? Any patient that made you So I think I think there's I think there's two categories. Yeah. There's the category of patients where you see a condition which is quite life changing for the first time. Yes. If not a terminal condition. It really sticks with you. And I've got there's a there's a phrase about I can't remember exactly, there's a there's a the graveyard that every surgeon has to go to kind of in their mind and to like visit all the patients that have died and so it's, it's something along those lines and it's it's those kind of things even as a med student when you see patients that have got a terminal condition it really really sticks in your mind yeah i i remember a couple um one i was with a consultant on a ward round yeah um and unfortunately this this um patient had, had like a serious diagnosis and he had to go and tell uh, break the bad news to them and he was just literally before he went in to speak to the patient, he said to me, just um, just take note of, of this. Just remember this forever, um, because this is the hardest thing that we have to do. Yeah. And so I went in and then he broke the bad news. And obviously the patient's like crying um, family. He, it was Honestly, he, he did really well. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards we came out. And the consultant literally was standing against the wall, head in his hands. And he was just like, I've been doing this so long. Every single patient, it never gets easier. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And it's kind of making me... I don't know, it's kind of always bringing shivers to my spine because you know what it's like when you've been in there. And I think even as... I think what I've realised is when you hear that bad news being broken, as I mentioned, you feel like a spare, like a spare kind of... Spare yeah, cog and you feel like yeah. you shouldn't be I, there. Honestly, literally, I felt that. I said you're that like, why... You're kind of almost there. It's like, like this private moment. Why am moment. I here? Yeah. This private moment between a doctor who knows everything and a family and then you're just there and you're kind of... You may have been on the ward a few weeks, but you often won't know the patient in such great detail that the doctor will, or even more so that the nurses will. And um, so you're you're kind of there, and it is a real privilege. It's a real privilege of kind of like being in there. There's, it's people's like darkest moments, and I, yeah, I really remember kind of being in a similar situation when someone kind of was. It's, it's almost old people kind of getting old, and even the care of my kind of one of my own grandparents it's kind of it, it brings it into consideration about the way that you like to be spoken to as a, yeah. as a patient and I I really remember about the way in which the, the doctor broke the news and a similar reaction being like it doesn't get easier mm. it's something that you have to cope with and 
one of the points that I had mainly down for this episode is that not I don't want to sound like oh you got to scientist like be a scientist you got to be empathic like you got to show empathy like because people show empathy in different ways but it's a matter of being empathic but also being able to kind of keep that keep that distance keep that emotional distance because if you imagine if you kind of bring yourself into all of those patients lives as if they're your own family it will destroy you yeah i guess so it's, it's probably easier said than done isn't it and, and that probably imp- like gets better with the experience yeah um but i guess the first few you always hear about the first few patients uh, as a doctor all that stick in your mind yeah. as i say as a medical student as well like on the flip side as well i remember the like the first couple of patients who sort of recovered and they're so thankful towards the doctor yeah and and that's you know when you're like oh that's really good like that's really yeah. cool I, ju- I just really remember when I was uh, uh, a couple of years ago when I saw the first patient I'd ever seen with pancreatic cancer. People go on, they, they go, if you see a patient with pancreatic cancer, you won't forget it. Yeah. Because people end up quite jaundiced, yeah, which means yeah. they're quite yellow. And I, it really, really sticks in my mind to the point where I can remember almost like the patient's face and like talking to them and even the way they spoke. And it's quite weird how you remember those, those things, even those little details. I kind of even remember what it was like on the morning it's just like you your brain always tells you like take note of this because you're going to be seeing this more yeah and like we've got to kind of like almost there's a second person being like let's approach it in the right way like you've got to you can't let yourself become too emotionally attached like doctors are not going to be good doctors without becoming to a certain degree a bit emotionally invested in their patients yeah but it's that you if you if you get so emotionally invested in those people, it, it will end up destroying you. It's it's a very difficult balance to find, and I, I've definitely got home before and been kind of upset about things that I've seen. Yeah, and um, yeah, it definitely plays on your mind, like not day to day, but it's sometimes you'll see another person with a similar you condition, and yeah, you go, you saw before. "God, I remember that person." Particularly with people where they may have a, a diagnosis where it's a high mortality or it's potentially a terminal condition and the, the kind of the awful thing that I've thought in my head is goodness is that patient still like is that patient still alive that first patient yeah, that I saw yeah. and you that's a strange one as well because you I sit there and I think and I go that's the first patient I saw with that goodness are they are they still around yeah and that's a kind of that's a peculiar thought because people go on about medicine being life-changing and it is but there's there's always the there's always those patients that you can't help in the way that you want to you yeah. can't save every single life and it's a yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I had that. I had I had something last year where you're on sort of medicine rotation. So I was on. Yeah. I don't know what I was on. Maybe like respiratory renal, and um, I was speaking to this patient, and then I was on the ward sort of every day, and then a couple of days after, I I spoke to one of the doctors and like, what happened to this patient? And they said, oh, unfortunately, they're no longer with us. And you're just like, I spoke to this patient literally like one two days ago. They were in such good spirits and this, and then you see like they're no longer with you. That that. Yeah. That, they're the things that stay with you I've, I've had a similar experience and it's really it's really strange you're like but I always got caught myself going but why why are they kind of like why are they not here they were so well yeah. like two days ago but why like and it's it's and then you realise you kind of you can't get you've got to have that slight disconnect otherwise you'll be like you're chasing an answer yeah. almost and like chasing it up for yeah it's I'll a, tell you what man as well last year when sort of family time was restricted as well yeah. like visitation towards the hospital that also was quite hard to see because I'd speak to patients, they'd be like, oh, I can see my family over FaceTime and whatever, but I can't really see them in person. It's not the same. And it's that kind of that being able to touch touch your parents, being able to touch your touch your children or brothers or sisters and just hold them close. Yeah. There's something just so reassuring about that. And I think even today, there was, um, actually on BBC News, about the people that were awarded. Yes, yeah, so People so, awarded so, the Nobel Prize that, that, for yeah. looking at um, people... Uh, about like touch Touching, receptors yeah, touch, yeah. and it's really really about how you feel the sun about how you why you feel the way you do when someone holds you close and it yeah it's, it's pretty uh pretty crazy but it's um it's a huge thing yeah. i remember when i was ill and i had covid <laughs> kind of just wanted to go like my mom and dad a bit of a hug yeah and they're just like you just can't and you can't. kind of got to hold it back <laughs> yeah and like that that was only for like a week or two but it's it's different when these people have been in hospital, especially with COVID, like for months and months and months, years even. Yeah. And they no, can't, it's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough. On what about on the flip side then? Have you have on the on the flip side? Yeah, without saying too bleak, I I remember being a placement when I yeah a couple of years ago, and 
I kind of diagnosed someone, not to their face, but I kind of, the doctor came in and went, what diagnosis do you think it is? Because you're not really meant, you shouldn't go to the patient and go, I think this is what you is, this is what you have. And then you bring the doctor in and the doctor goes, actually what you have is more serious because then it's, that's really bad. But I remember kind of thinking a diagnosis in my head and the doctor going, what do you think it is? And I kind of, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I can kind of remember the patient now in my mind and getting the diagnosis right yeah. and like, and kind of management is yeah. like, you're like, yes. Yeah. Like, so it sounds a bit tragic, but you're just like, yes, like I know <laughs> what to do. Something. You're like, I know what to do. Because it's, um, it's also a bit of that disconnect. And I know that people go, oh, integrated traditional courses. The majority of preclinical years are going to be preclinical, even if it's an integrated course. Yeah. Because you can't really go out on the wards without some prior knowledge, can yeah. you? So yeah, you yeah, need yeah. some knowledge. And it's kind of like, will I ever actually use this kind of knowledge like about cells and all that stuff? Yeah. And it gets built up and built up, like a layer on layer, and they always go on about spiral learning and like building on it. Yeah. And it actually, yeah, you realise that you... Um, Do you know what? It sticks in your head better as well. Yeah. Like, for example... It's like, making me smile right now. No, I know. I'm just like, like beeming from sitting across from my show. Like, when you, um, yeah. when, when, like, you learn about like someone having a heart attack that you're like oh central crushing chest pain then you go and speak to a patient but like oh like how did you feel they're like oh I had like a, a crushing pain in my chest I'm like oh that's literally what I learned like, yeah like, yeah and then you're like I can take I can take the history from them properly like yeah. I can I can get all these points and it almost yeah it feels like you're picking these points out of like I don't know there's like a like a little gem in a rock and you've kind of got to like get there you're like picking it out slowly and you get there you're like aha this is like everything that I've learned and it is it's quite satisfying when you can diagnose someone correctly it's just you're just there like i remember when i was on urology a few months ago and someone came in and they had uh they had a stone in their in their ureter and i was like ah this is this and kind of speaking at all the points don't quiz me what it is now because i can't i can't fully remember but like loin to groin pain the composition of the stone is uh, like loin to groin pain and all of that and i was like was it the worst pain you've ever felt yeah. and they were like yeah 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 can, like, oh, moving, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and it's all these things and you're like i'm gonna be a doctor one day and it's <laughs> it's this kind of moment that they really wow. tragically remind you like i'm gonna be a doctor one day and it really makes you kind of it really makes you happy like yeah. you're like this is why i went into this because if you can get the diagnosis, like you can get that, like you can help yeah. help that person, or yeah. you can at least give them a diagnosis, which to a lot of people can be a relief in itself without even treatment. Going, this is what you have. Like yeah. they want a label to put it on it. Yeah. A lot of the time, and, and, and like at points, I've sort of been guilty of um, maybe not going on the wards as much at, at times. But every time you do, you, the things that you learn, they sort of stick with you a lot more. Definitely. Um, if I learn about a certain condition, a patient's telling me about it, what management they've had, um, you sort of, uh, it sticks more in your head. Definitely. Yeah, so when we're thinking about patients and stuff, yeah, we don't want to be too, we don't bring up confidentiality too much, but do you have any questions for me, Ashwin? Um, I mean, what about, we've, we've been talking to patients about three or four years now, do you have any sort of funny stories that like, stick out in your mind? Any fa- funny patient stories? Because, I mean, <laughs> definitely a couple I'm of trying to, I'm trying to think, man. I, I, we were planning the episode a few days ago. And I'm, I'm trying to think. This is the kind of reason why we set out the podcast, almost to like remember. It's good memories, like, the funny, it? the funny things that have happened. Because out of all the um, patients you speak to, you do have some like, odd stories that come up. Yeah, you do. But like, I, I, I just remember them like randomly. Like, off the top of my head, I can't really, I can't really think of one. But yeah. I, you've got one, haven't you? I mean, yeah, so I mean, I, I remember this because like, I just got violated so much by this patient. So we had teaching with a group of us, it was I think five, five of us, and a consultant comes and, and one person sort of takes the history, one person does the examination. So that's all done. And then uh, as we're leaving, um, the patient just, just says to like, uh, like or the whole group was just like, just and pointing to me, she goes, just, just take care of that little boy over there. Like, um, <laughs> He might, he might get a bit lost to take care of him. <laughs> she, she didn't think I was a, stu- a student. She thought I was like someone's kid or something. Mm. And um, at that point, I was like clean shaven. And I mean, really yeah, like, to be fair, you are quite small. It happened in med school the other day, didn't it? In med school the other day. I don't day, know if we spoke about this last episode. No, no, we yeah. didn't. So, I mean, obviously last or a couple of weeks ago was when the freshers mm. came in for the first time. So they were going to med school. They were having their photo, getting tours around there. So I just walked in because maybe I was just printing something off, collecting something. And sort of a marshal comes up to me and they goes, do you know, do you know where you're going? And I'm just like, I'm not a first year, I'm 50. <laughs> so it's happened a few times. Um, oh, so ever dear. since that patient experience, right, I've, I've just kept a beard. 
Just, just say <laughs> you that. Just kept it being, I just so kept it being. Just say that. I don't like a little kid. But actually, that's happened. It's happened twice as well. It happened oh, at really? a different hospital, like a year later as well. <laughs> just like, how old are you? Like, yeah, right. but they, I always get that. I think I always get the, the how old are you? I have had it before when I'm taking blood from a patient, and you try yeah. and carry on the conversation. Yeah. Uh, because. If you carry on the, the conversation, it distracts the patient. You can take blood from them more easily. And they're not like going, ow, ow, that's really painful or whatever. Or you're putting like a cannula in your arm. And you're, they're kind of like, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 22. And they're like, you don't look 22. Like, <laughs> you look about 18. Really? How like, old do I look? Yeah. Yeah. Just how, old, how, how, how old do I look? And you're just well, there, you're just there being roasted while you're trying to get in. And the longer you can't get the, uh, the cannula in their arm, the more you're just getting roasted. I've had patients yeah. like fake... Like feeling like if I'm taking blood from them, they're like, ow, ow. I'm just like, whoa, what happened? What happened? And they're like, oh, it's just, just tricky. I'm like, come on, <laughs> just let me. There is a there is a good amount of banter like building up the rapport. I mean, obviously, we're not condoning patients being absolutely horrible to doctors, but no. these things do make you chuckle, don't they? Like yeah. you come back and it's it's harmless. You're just like it's it's funny to talk yeah. about. Um, I've had I've had patients as well that I've had to translate for. Um, really? As well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because obviously in Birmingham, there's quite a, like a high South Asian population. Yeah. Um, so you speak Hindi, don't you? I mean, I, I wouldn't say I speak it. I mean, I understand it. I can say a few words here and there. Um, I can, I can try and like hold a conversation. You've slowly been teaching me all the rude parts of the language. Yeah, we're, we're as all our friends are testing. Yeah. yeah. So I can, I can speak in like broken Hindi. So, yeah. um, like I was just in like clinic or something and the doctor's asking me to translate and I'm, I'm speaking to this patient and the doctor's just taking my word for it like 100% and I'm just like I'm just letting the doctor know at each stage like, I'm not very good at Hindi but uh, it's just little things that like if someone has diabetes they're like sugar 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 <laughs> you're like yes I understand what you're saying oh, um, yeah yeah it's um it's strange like having that responsibility isn't it you think how like what a long way I've come because my mum always goes oh, you've grown up so much, I remember when you were a kid, yeah. and all that stuff, but you're like, bloody hell, in like four years, I've grown up like a lot. Like, I remember yeah. coming in freshers, and you'd not spoken to a patient about yeah. like medical conditions before, and you're here, and you're basically at points diagnosing people, or like, I remember being on anaesthetics, and people being like, do the anaesthetic charts for me, take the anaesthetic history, come back. Well, I'll talk to the patient if I've got any questions after that, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. take they it. They properly trust you. Mm. Um, it's really nice, actually, having that responsibility, and then being like, yeah, go and do it yourself. Like, I trust you, like, you're, you're fourth year, like, you should be able to do this yourself. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I should be able to do it myself. But, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah, confident yeah. do I feel? <laughs> <laughs> just right there, just, like, checking, you know, everything. Yeah. You mentioned, you, you mentioned your mum. Have you had your family, like, try and act like, uh, act like a patient and ask you for questions? All the since time. Since first year as well. All the time. One of my mates seems to have this strange obsession, and he knows who he is. I don't know if he's listening to podcasts, but he has a strange obsession for coming to me. When I'm a doctor, he's always like, "When you're a doctor, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you, yeah. and just make you examine me." I, mean, yeah. I always say, "Wait!" I'm just like, "This is weird." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like he's trying to like enact a like cruel ritual on me. It's even it's a joke, but it's just like it's just a bit weird. Yeah, we have these like um, family friend like events and stuff. Um, so like these parties like these Indian parties <laughs> essentially and every single sort of um, person who comes up to me they're like oh what would you study you're like, oh medicine medicine oh so you're going to treat me when I'm older aren't you you're like yeah yeah classic classic <laughs> it's constant and it's even like your parents like I think my dad put a photo of me up on Facebook saying because from my intonation being like oh, congratulations and all the comments are from his mates going hopefully you can treat me when you're older yeah. like, I've never met this person know, in my I life I know. I'm just like who are these people you, literally from the first day of like first year as well yeah like, I'm just I'm there like reading about transcription and translation yeah, I've, I've learned about cells bro I'm I'm about like, cells. Yeah. I don't know about any medical I don't conditions. know about anything <laughs> yeah you probably know more than me yeah honestly honestly I mean, I've had it throughout the years whereby my family asks me for my opinion. I give my opinion and they do something completely different. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, what do you think this is? Oh, yeah, I think it could be that. Um, just just do this. And yeah, then. or you say, I think it could be that. Please go to the doctors and get it yeah, checked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't. Or, or, or please do not Google it. Do not Google it. it will, you'll make yourself more scared. I've just been Googling it. And um, <laughs> I think that my headache could be because I've got meningitis. <laughs> like, How long has your headache been going on for? Yeah, yeah two years. <laughs> I don't think it's meningitis. Yeah. Like, this is the danger of the internet. Like You've got to know how to use it wisely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah when speaking to patients yeah have you mastered the art of small talk what do you mean mastered the art of small talk you know whenever like 
Um, we're on TV Everyone who's listening should be creasing down the phone being like, Tom's so awkward anyway. Like, it's definitely not math small talk. Well, I remember in like first and second year whereby you'd wait for the doctor to come in and then it'd just be like an awkward silence for you and the patient. You're just like, yeah, hi, like, you okay? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, where, where you travelled from? <laughs> Did you get the bus here? Tra- travel far. <laughs> travel far. Do you live locally? <laughs> yeah. Weather's great, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of those questions. Though. You've got to build a rapport. You've got to build a rapport. But you've also got to know the best way to build up a rapport, yeah, yeah which is experience. Isn't have it, have well. you ever been nervous being to a patient? Yeah. Yeah? Even now? Or? Uh, not really now so much, no. I mean, I think it's understanding that you're both on the same level. Whereas I think people kind of harp on about the doctor-patient relationship and about how in the past doctors have been seen as being quite paternalistic and quite commanding. And I think actually when you're a med student, you feel like it's the other way around. You feel yeah. like the patient's got a lot of control. Yeah. And you're just like just a med student and people people go on about it a lot saying oh, I'm just a med student and I think you said you should say just a med student because like you're allowed to go into theatres often and help people with operations under supervision you're allowed to take histories you have to do a lot of the stuff that doctors do I mean with lim- limitations and stuff so I, I think saying that you're just a doctor is quite uh, sorry just a medical student is quite a bad thing yeah and it, it, it kind of limits you but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a weird one isn't it when you're there I mean I've definitely been nervous talking to patients when I think particularly, I'm going, I'm kind of on my psychiatry placement at the moment, and that's something I'm a bit nervous about. But I think because it's totally that's different. That's a different style. But it's something I've never done before. Yeah. That's why I'm nervous about it, because it's something totally new. But and I have been nervous, I've got less nervous kind of over the years, but I was definitely nervous when talking to patients who are kind of, uh, were criminals. And yeah. it's something that you've got to check yourself on and be like, well, actually, you're here to treat them, you're not here to judge them for being a criminal. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that the, kind of that inherent bias that sometimes you just have, that kind of unconscious bias, I definitely have when I've kind of like been really nervous and there's like four police officers there and you go in and you're like, oh yeah, the doctors go, oh yeah, so-and-so's a, a great historian, meaning you get a good history from them. You walk over and there's like four police officers. Yeah, the patient's like cuffed to the bed. You're like, well, it makes it a bit awkward, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I've been nervous then, but I think it's because there's so many people around. You're kind of like, yeah. I don't want to embarrass myself as a medical yeah. student more than being nervous about them being a uh, criminal. So there are a lot of people who are still quite nervous about speaking to patients. Yeah, yeah, I think so definitely. Do you, I mean, do you have any tips about how maybe you improved speaking to patients? Or I think quantity. Quantity is really important. Like, talk to a lot of patients and it will come. I think people often get nervous about speaking to patients and so because of that they don't go and speak to patients and it becomes yeah. a vicious cycle. Yeah. The fewer patients you go and speak to, the, the kind of the worse you get and the rustier you get and it's a matter of throwing yourself in there. The first one when I went back, the first patient that I spoke to, I was really rusty and I missed out a lot of stuff and I yeah. went away and went, well, I should have spoken about this, I shouldn't have spoken about that. Yeah. Like, I missed some really key points but when you're a med student, like, you're in a safe place, like, the patient's already been treated and if you're trying to talk, take a history for the first time, you say to the doctor, I've not taken a history in a while. Can I actually not do this? And unless they're horrible, they'll just go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think like quantity, like talking to a lot of patients. Yeah. I think getting a bit of basics around what you're talking to them about beforehand is important. Like understanding roughly the topic. Like if you're going to talk to someone about... Uh, a kind of a heart condition yeah it's important to know about like key questions you should right, ask right, right. kind of thing yeah. you don't like you don't need to know about like their sexual history or anything yeah, you yeah. need to know about like their activity whether they've had heart attacks yeah, before palpitations palpitations all these things whereas yeah things like psychiatric and sexual history are probably less important yeah. i mean it's worth i mean we talk about holistic medicine it's important to understand these things uh, briefly, but it's you've got to focus it more on like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think quantity is, is also yeah, it's quite important, and also because you might think you know what to ask in your head, but actually when you ask a patient directly, you, you will forget things, and then when you come out, then you're like, oh, I forgot this. Next time, you won't forget that. Um, also, what I found is going to speak with someone else actually can benefit me a lot because. You look at them taking history from a patient and you see, oh, maybe they asked it in a different style. You're like, oh, wow, that was quite good, actually. Maybe I can incorporate that into speaking to a patient next time. Um, maybe you go to, you speak, go with someone else and you're like, oh, I didn't quite like what they said there. So I won't say that. So you, it's, yeah, not, it's not a it's, comparison. It's, it's, it's understanding how other people take history yeah. as well. I think it's really, really important. And it's different for everyone. Like, honestly, yeah. your style is different. Yeah. Um, Goes back to the improv thing, isn't it? Everyone does things. Yeah, like it, I think it'd be quite interesting to observe how you take history versus how I take history. I, I was going to say I've never actually seen I, you take history. Because we've never been on placement no, together, no, no, no. and it's something 
maybe we'll be in final year, but we've never been on placement together. I've been on placement with our other housemate yeah. and our old housemates that we used to be with. Yeah. And I've seen them take histories. I've seen some of them take histories. And like, they're kind of as you expect, but I don't know. There's some people that I've taken history with and they're like, that's completely different to how I expect. Yeah, there's, think, well, there's some people who, who, who I um, when they take a history, it's sort of, I can see them speaking, right? But then when someone else takes history, I'm just like, whoa, you just changed the way you speak completely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Always like, feels like a different, voice. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably what you'll think after living with me, it's probably what you'll feel like. Um, I don't know, it's just like, you've got to have that kind of air of professionalism. The more professional you are, the more patients will trust you, I think, in terms of things. And I remember having a debate, actually, like with my house when I was in first year, being like, well should it be okay to say you don't want to be treated by a doctor because they've got green hair and they've got nose piercings and things and it comes yeah. down to like a professional thing and it's professionalism thing and it's becoming more common because people want to kind of express themselves and it's like well where do you draw the line about patients kind of saying well I don't I don't I, I doubt this doctor's professionalism it's a, it makes a, it's becoming more of an issue another thing I would say is that yeah. speaking to a variety of patients or old older younger with a variety of conditions because yep each sort of patient will respond to you in a different way. They'll go off on different tangents. You'll know when to pick them up on something, Definitely. when not to. Um, you'll learn certain patients say things more and say things less. So that's also a thing. And, and that can be going to, if you're on placement, go to different departments. So maybe that's the surgical department, the medicine, different wards. Um, from that, I also learned a lot as well. And like you said, psychiatric history as well. So It's not something I've been kind of fortunate enough to take yet, but when I'm on my placement actually this week I've been given ward time to go and speak to patients yeah, and stuff so that's, that's really something cool, that yeah. I want to kind of take advantage of and you're given I was given like an hour of ward time but I was thinking I'm like it's psych history I probably only get to speak to like one maybe two patients in that time because it's totally different yeah in the way you take a history yeah whereas if you're kind of on something else you could take five six you could go see people yeah, yeah. it's a it's a weird one when you start talking about histories you, you get kind of uh it's a strange set of emotions. You almost feel like you've got these little things in your head, which is just like old memories of like a patient. Because you remember the patient, you don't remember the condition, do you? Yeah. Even though they're kind of like, this patient's got good signs of this condition, yeah. or this patient's good at taking, uh, good to take a history from. What you actually remember is the patient themselves, not the condition. Like I remember, like I said before, first patient I saw with pancreatic cancer. Mm how frail they were kind of how i've never seen a patient with such pronounced jaundice kind of almost how yellow they were and it's these things that really stick with you it's not only kind of the patient and the way that the patient spoke about their own family it's not you don't remember oh pancreatic cancer they're yellow they're kind of have uh they're painless jaundice classically um you, you don't think about it like that you see them as a real human being and i think that that's a really, really important thing yeah. to never lose that, to never see it as a condition yeah. and to never kind of kind of grow tiresome of patients and to always appreciate that. And I think that's what the doctor that you spoke to actually really, really highlighted about saying it never gets easier. Exactly. You can't just see it as a condition and going, I've got to break bad news. Like every patient is different. Every patient needs something different. Some might need support. Some might not want any support. Some might want to deal with it on their own. Yeah. Like when you break bad news and it's, that's why like taking history it's such a good thing like such a fun thing you know when you go in there and you're like you just you just go in and you start taking history like this is someone i've never spoken to before yeah and like i'll build a report and they're like do you know what and the th they tell you everything as well mm. and, like there's some there's a lot of personal stuff as well that they tell you and you're just like this person's trusting you i think particularly when you're on certain rotations like i've not done my sexual health rotation mm. but like if you're on sexual health yeah. something that a lot of people don't want to talk about but they open up to you yeah. and even when you're on like, on like psychiatry like you're trusted i think I've heard before people say once you're a medicine, you're almost behind the curtain. Like you're yeah. uh, you're seen as being a medical professional, even though you're not qualified yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. You're seen as having that different level of kind of experience, and people just seem to intrinsically trust you, even yeah. from first year. Which is a real, real response. Kind of, it's a it's a responsibility, isn't it? Kind of holding that trust and keeping up your end of the deal, almost to kind of not blurt that out to anyone. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So. I think the final thing I sort of wanted to, to cover yeah. would be, we've spoken about speaking to patients. What about you yourself being a patient as a medical student? Any sort of... I I don't like it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't like it. Because, because you always feel like you know what's going on with you. And that's why I think... Have you ever... Do you, do you always tell the doctor you're a medical student? Yeah. You do? I do. Yeah, 100%. I always tell them that I'm a medical student. Because... Yeah. Do you not? Um... I have like, like I'm not doing it as a flex. I'm doing it because like I feel like 
weirdly, I, I will be spoken to in a slightly different manner yeah. because they understand that you know you've got that medicine knowledge, whereas a lot of the general public do not have a medicine knowledge. Like if I went home to my parents and spoke about a lot of stuff that we learn about, they wouldn't understand me. And it's not because they're stupid or anything. It's just yeah. because you're not taught to think in, like, you're not taught about all these medical conditions. I remember so. getting grilled by a doctor, though. In first year, I, when I when I'd foot drop, so um, I'd foot drop. <laughs> this is oh, his old story. Yeah, so so basically, I couldn't dorsiflex my ankle, which, oh, which means that you can't sort of. Yes, yeah, so you can't like lift your foot up. Exactly, you, you can't lift your foot up. You yeah. can't extend uh, your uh, ankle, basically. So, um, so at the point, the neurologist said to me, "Oh, to um, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a medical student. Oh, what year? I'm like, oh, first year. So then he started quizzing me on the, the anatomy. So I was like, oh, what, what nerve does this? What nerve is it? What nerve is that? I'm just like, oh, please don't ask me questions. Just treat my foot drop. <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose, I suppose that's the that's a disadvantage, isn't it? That you end up getting uh, get grilled yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're also, I thought going in there and be like, yeah, I'm a medical student. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Another one. They're the, the most difficult. We have a tendency to be hypochondriacs a bit. You you know about I mean, a condition. You, you definitely yeah, do. Yeah, I do. I do. I'll be honest. Yeah. But you have like a, you have a, like something wrong and then you're like, you go to the doctors and then the doctor's like, you've got nothing wrong with you. You're like, but what if it's this? Like, what if there's some chance? I've had that before. Like, I, I felt a bit of a, a bit of a bump on my neck. Yeah. Or like a couple of little lymph nodes. I went to the doctors and the doctors were like, it's nothing, it's nothing. And they were like, but... Like, you almost know too much, don't you? Yeah. I think that's the problem. So you kind of, you kind of, like, it goes in your you head. Do, you do, you do. Like, all of that knowledge. And my mates from home say it. They're like, how are you not hype contract? And I'm like, I am, mate. Like, I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. I am. I think about all of these things all the time. And I'm like, I learn about something. And I'm like, oh, maybe I have that. Like, it's weird. And then you can end up being a bit, like, kind of, like, psychosomatic. Like, you think you've got something. And then you end up, like, developing, like, slight little symptoms yeah. or that. Or, like, really noticing something. Yeah. I don't like being treated as a medical student. And I was thinking about this the other day. I think we were talking about it. If you were uh, being treated as you are now, would you want another med student there? taking history from you or no you wouldn't would you no, but why know. what's the reason behind that because I wouldn't like that I'd do I don't know I, I wouldn't want like you know how sometimes you sit in the consultation and you observe I wouldn't want another student no I know I wouldn't either but I don't know why I would yeah, it's I really know. hard to pin down like yeah I don't know, maybe it's kind of like, I don't want the faff because I don't know, it shouldn't take longer to get history, because that's what we're like, like we take longer to get to the point, yeah, yeah. because um, we've all had some experience, maybe it's that, but I don't know, it's just like, I'm the same. Yeah, I mean, about the hypochondriac thing, actually, I do remember going to see the doctor, my, my wrist, like, my wrist started to hurt, like, I was just like, oh no, it's in my, like, um, my scaphoid, like, one of the bones, I was like, do I have a scaphoid fracture? Um, so, I was just like, I went in there, and they were like, why have you come to see us? Um, yeah. And they were just like, I was just like, oh, I've fallen, I've fallen on my wrist, I've fallen on my wrist, which is, was, which was outstretched. We call um, it a foosh. Called a foosh, yeah. Um, and I don't think that did happen, I just think, like, I don't know why it was hurting. Um, so, and they were just like, oh, so why have you come? I was just like, oh, do I, do I say it? Do I not? I was just like, oh, I was scared of a scaphoid fracture. <laughs> they were like, how do you know what's going on? I was like, yeah. oh, no, I've got no choice now. <laughs> I was like, I'm a medical student. Yeah, it, it happens more regularly than you think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of med students go to the doctors kind of with that, and they'll mention one medical word, and it's really easy to pick up on as well when you see people because who it's a are term slightly you, medical. You don't think is um, well, you think is common, but it's not. And you, if you say something, or when someone talks about a certain blood test or something like that, you're like, "You're medical." Like, I can yeah, tell you're medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like these weird. You get these little hints. And you're Awful, like, isn't it? Yeah, is a bit like I don't like being treated anyway. Like. Um, but being treated, I mean, I oh, mean, no one likes being ill, do they? No, I'm getting, I'm getting more blocked up by the second as you can probably hear. I'm probably sounding really, really nasal now. But yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I um, I don't like being treated by the med student. I don't, I don't like going to the doctors anyway because um, I know a med student. I know there's going to be a little bit of judgment. It's like, oh, it's not a not a standard patient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's always that. Do you not find that a bit? It's like. Oh, here's the opportunity to grill the med shoot. Dude, I mean, I try not to. Like, it's it's like whenever right, if you drive if you if you drive a car right and you're you're in the passenger seat with someone yeah. who's driving, you try not to pass judgment on their driving. Like, I try not to pass judgment when you're driving. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like shut <laughs> up, man. I'm like, shut I could up. comment at least ten times. Are we bringing up my car again? Like, <laughs> it's sort of the same thing. Like, you just don't comment. So it's the same thing here. I just I try not to say anything. And yeah, I mean, I haven't. Th- I mean, yeah. Touch wood. I've not been to the doctors for anything serious in, in a while, but um, it, it's, it's always really interesting as well to see how they consult. 
yeah. and how like they they do it and it's, it's weird because you're then back to being the other side of the curtain like you've gone from being that side of the curtain when you were uh, sixth form or whatever to then being like seen almost as a medical professional and then going back to when you get treated and also what I find is that I seem to get a deregistered from the most annoying thing is I seem to get deregistered from the GP every yeah time. I always have to I do you know I've, I've just I don't I just stay registered here at university now I just can't be bothered I've had to re-register at home every single time you go you have to re-register they're yeah. like oh it's only temporary oh, it's so yeah it's so it's annoying. Annoying. we sound like a bunch of old ladies don't we just yeah. Like, yeah it's true though it's long <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a it's a big topic. I think we'll probably do some more episodes focusing more on specific things. Yeah, I think like closer to exam time, we can about talk about ta- speaking to patients for the OSCEs because I mean that's, yeah. that's very different. And I think also as well, kind of particularly on dealing dealing with grief and stuff like that yeah. with patients and about how to kind of how to understand grief with patients. I think with Mental Health Awareness Day coming up, we actually want to release a short little episode about that, and we're we're recording this before we're recording that but we may release that episode beforehand it may have already been released actually uh, by the time you're listening to this and that's a really really important thing because all of these things talking to patients and particularly talking to patients about uh, an issue where there's maybe a terminal condition might ring close to home for a lot of you as we always say kind of keep keep care of yourself and we want to be releasing that little episode next week don't we yeah and, and if you have any stories sort of maybe uh, other particular patients that you've spoken to um, they could be funny, they could be touching, or maybe patients that you you remember like us. Then always you can get in touch with us. Always happy to to have. Um... We we do really want to hear because yeah. it kind of thinking about it really reminds me of uh, Adam Kay's book. You know where he goes. Yeah, it's really his good. Diary of a Junior Doctor, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish that I'd almost taken like that going through yeah. med school because you you have these kind of heartwarming moments, these really sad moments, and these really funny moments you're going through, and you you forget it all. Exactly. So where where can they find us? They can find us uh, in our little living room in Birmingham. Uh, yeah, oh dear. <laughs> uh, no, they can find us on Twitter at Medtime Stories. They can find us on Instagram at Medtime Stories Podcast. And also, if you want to send in a question, an episode you'd like to hear about, or a particular comment that you have about the podcast, we really want to hear about those. Uh, our Gmail is stories.medtime at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and we'll speak soon.